The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the importance and usage of video marketing. Joining us is Chris Savage, who is the CEO of Wistia, which makes marketing software, video series, and educational content based on the belief that anyone can use video to grow their business and brand. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Wistia is also a generous sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Chris and I talked about making video content more accessible, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about human-centric B2B content that resonates. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Chris Savage, the CEO of Wistia. Chris, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me back again so soon. Excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation. You know, yesterday we had a little bit of an arm wrestling match. (laughs) I'm a podcaster, so I think audio is better. And you run a video company and we debated and kidding aside as a marketer, video and audio both have their place in the world and video is becoming more and more commonly accepted. And my takeaway from our conversation yesterday is that the bar for quality has lowered. People are more comfortable with user generated content. We're more used to seeing people in front of videos because of the COVID zoomification of the world. And the platforms are also more interested in syndicating video for you. So it's a great marketing channel. Now, let's talk a little bit about B2B for a second. I think it's pretty easy to think about how to create content that resonates with a consumer audience, right? You can make funny GIFs and memes and hire all sorts of talent. And and I'm going to skip over the like how to make a video for my e-commerce store and talk about, all right, I run, oh, Wistia or another B2B SaaS company. Nothing personal, but the topics that those companies cover can be a little dry and it's hard to build a feed of compelling content that keeps people's interest and gets them coming back to, you know, watch your YouTube videos, maybe engage with you on social. So how do you think about focusing on content that real people are going to find interesting, you know, and that resonates with your customers? How do you approach video production from a B2B perspective? Yeah, I think when you're thinking about B2B video production, the key thing to remember is it comes back to the audience. And ultimately in B2B, we're trying usually to educate and help someone do something they couldn't do before. Now, if it's Wistia and we're making content, you're going to assume like we're trying to help you use video better. And a lot of our stuff is going to be relevant if you're using Wistia. 
But the key thing is we need to help you. We need to educate you. And on the other side, the person who's watching that content is trying to do something. They're trying to accomplish a goal. They're trying to have a more successful marketing campaign. They're trying to make a video that they're more proud of. They're trying to make a video that gets more views. They're trying to build a social following. They're trying to do something. And so it really matters to them. It matters to their career if they're successful or not. And so the way I think about it is, if you can truly help someone, truly educate them on something they weren't educated before, inspire them on something that they could not to do something that they couldn't have done otherwise, those are the moments that resonate in B2B because you're helping someone be more successful in their role and their job, get the promotion, have the more successful campaign, generate more revenue, create more leads, whatever the thing is. So the key is recognizing that. And then if you give someone a choice and you say, here's two videos, they both teach you how to create a lighting setup for your house because we're going to be on camera more. You're going to be lighting in your apartment. How do you do it? And one of them is just like nuts and bolts. This is how you do it. And one of them is nuts and bolts, but it is also more entertaining or the person talking is more compelling. Ultimately, the one that's more entertaining, the one that has the person who's more compelling, that's going to get shared more. That's going to get more engagement. That is going to be the equivalent of like that fun consumer thing for the B2B person. A couple of words that you said that I think are worth reiterating, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but it is inspire, educate, produce, and then syndicate. You're going to give someone the inspiration that they can do something on their own. You're going to teach them how to do it. You're going to walk them through producing it, and then you're going to help them share it to build their audience. Those, to me, are the things that I classify a lot of successful B2B marketing and specifically videos. Are there any classifications that you think that I've left out there? I mean, I think the other thing is that you need to close the loop on tracking it so you understand is this thing working for me the way I want it to work? You can do it. Here's how you do it. Here's the step-by-step of each individual breaking it down. Yeah. And then now that you have it, what do you do? I mean, I think the other thing is that you need to close the loop on tracking it so you understand, is this thing working for me the way I want it to work? Are you sure you're not a marketer? That's a good marketing take. It's the truth. And I think it's funny because everyone's always on a search for what's the best way to measure ROI of video. And ultimately, the best way is to put the video in context and decide is the campaign or whatever you're doing successful or not, or how successful is it? And then what role is video playing in it versus text versus images versus everything else? If you take that approach, for example, you have a landing page, you want to put a video on it because you're getting a high bounce rate. Lots of people are leaving. And let's say it's a paid ad bringing people into your new product. And you realize that if you actually do a demo of that product, people understand and they get excited and buy it. So the gap is on the page. What you want to do is add the video in, And the things you can track are like the play rate, what percentage of people click play, the engagement, how long are they sticking with the video? Are there any calls to action in the video that they're clicking that indicate interest? But ultimately, you care how many people are signing up on the page. That's what matters the most. And so you would want to do a test of with the video and without. And if you do the test with the video without and it's better with the video, great. And then if you have multiple videos, probably the one that's the most engaging, has the most video engagement, people spend the most time with it probably going to increase sign-up rate, but you have to test it to look because every piece of content is different and context is what matters to help understand the impact. Let's talk a little bit about the placements for video in B2B. You mentioned on your existing properties. I've got a website and when somebody completes a form, 
and signing up for a demo, maybe I want to give them a little taste. We do this on the MarTech podcast. Somebody fills out our speaker application to be a guest on the podcast, and we walk them through what to expect in terms of our speaker selection process. And we've found that we get a lot less questions from our applicants and hopefully a few more people that are signing up to be sponsors of the podcast as well. Great. Example number one, I can publish video on my website and hope that the inbound traffic or traffic I'm driving to that site will boost the video views. What are some of the other ways that B2B companies are using video successfully outside of just their existing web properties? I mean, tons. So there's everything across the web properties, but we're seeing people build up audiences that are native to all these different platforms. So video is performing really well on LinkedIn right now. Their algorithm is obviously suggesting it a lot. So we're seeing people use video as a core way on LinkedIn to build up an audience there and keep that audience engaged. I think there's an enormous opportunity today on TikTok and on Reels. People are looking for a different type of thing there. Hang on. Reels? TikTok? That's a B2B thing. People are going on to TikTok and saying, how do I use Salesforce? It's funny. I think when most people think of TikTok, they think like kids dancing and dancing videos. Eating bleach. Yeah. That's what was being talked about a year ago. But if you really go look, there is a lot of content in there and it's getting a lot of views. The difference is the format is much shorter and punchier and requires the right jump cuts and stuff to get people engaged. Because unlike on your website or LinkedIn or YouTube, even someone's making a decision within a half a second if they're going to scroll to the next video. So you have to engage people as quickly as possible. But yes, there's podcasts that are growing massively with the video versions of their shows like on there. There are people getting into there with like lots of B2B content. It's just really early days. So I think will this behavior of this very, very, very short form video that's very addicting where the algorithm of like how long you're on each video or how much you rewatch it is determining what other videos you're going to see. Will that make its way to B2B? Absolutely. How long will it be before it's a massive channel for B2B? Don't know. But is there an arbitrage opportunity by getting there early? Yes. You have to be able to sustain your investment there, like any new channel. But there's definitely an opportunity there. There's also a huge... And I talked about it briefly. Huge opportunity on LinkedIn right now. And what I'm seeing is dramatically more engagement on LinkedIn than Twitter. Same exact content, but night and day in terms of how much people are willing to engage, comment, like, share stuff on LinkedIn than they are on Twitter today. So you got social media channels. We're looking at probably LinkedIn first. Incumbents are Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then the growth channel is TikTok. You didn't mention YouTube. Is that not a big channel for video? No, it's a huge channel. That's got to be the biggest, right? Yes, for sure. We're getting there. But YouTube, I think, has gotten to a really good place in terms of it's a big search engine. People are going to look for stuff on there to find it. You want to treat all of these as social networks where you want to drive engagement within the social network. And then you also want to drive people ultimately back to your site to purchase something or subscribe for something or what have you. But I think the key is that all of them are rewarding hours watched on YouTube, which means keeping people on YouTube so they can serve more ads. LinkedIn is rewarding engagement on LinkedIn. So if you share something and it's getting a lot of comments and a lot of likes, their algorithm is pushing it out to more folks and it's self-perpetuating and there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of people clearly scrolling LinkedIn, looking for stuff, not finding it. And therefore, that's why there's like this outsized opportunity of engagement. And then similarly, what Reels is trying to turn into and what TikTok is, is like it's very algorithm based and not less followers. You can follow someone, but most people are looking at the For You page, which is just algorithmically driven in terms of the content that you're seeing. And so 
the same content can go on these different platforms, but you have to reformat it and rethink it to have it be successful. And poor Twitter is just sitting there as the perfect potential content syndication platform for video, mostly for B2B because it can be so niche. People are on Twitter all day long, but there's no sports and often there's not a lot of news in the middle of the day. It's when you should be getting your B2B content, but they can't get out of their own way. That is what it looks like. I have a piece of content that's seen this twice in the last three weeks where I shared the exact same thing on Twitter and LinkedIn, both cases with a video. First time, 40x more engagement on LinkedIn. Second time, 100x. And my audience on LinkedIn is like a quarter of the size of my Twitter audience. Let me ask you a little bit about email. Yeah. I keep seeing these, I don't know if it's a GIF where people are making these custom sort of screen grab videos where they're like holding a card that has my name and putting it towards the screen and seems attention grabby, but also seems a little spammy. Are you seeing traction with video and email? Yeah, there's a lot of traction there. What you're talking about is a lot of the one-to-one algorithmically created personalized videos. And they were really, really effective at first. They've become less effective as it gets abused, just like anything. But we still see very high click-through rates for video, but in a similar way that you see on a website. If you're launching a new product, it doesn't seem like it can do what it says. And you just write the text, you put the video. People are going to click the video to see, is there a demonstrable example of this thing doing what you say that it does? So the same thing is true with video and email. The same thing is true on your website. Last question I have for you today about human-centric B2B content. We talked about what content you can create. We talked about what are the different channels, the talent. And I'm going to use a little bit of a crass term, and hopefully I don't step on too many eggshells here. You mentioned that the person that's creating the content needs to be compelling. Does that mean that we all need to hire booth babes to go create our content? Is it just the most attractive? And for the record, I don't mean any sort of gender stereotype. Please don't cancel me. But do you have to go create videos with the most attractive people because in the first half a second when somebody's watching a video, they focus on the face and they're making a judgment on that? What makes great talent specifically for B2B content that makes it appropriate? I actually don't think it really matters what you look like at all. I think it is how genuinely can you talk about the topic? It's like that classic thing. If you're going to give a talk, you should never give a talk about something you don't actually care about. I've done it. It doesn't go well. If you want to give an amazing talk that really gets people excited, you have to genuinely care about the topic that you're explaining. You have to really love explaining it. And I think that when I talk about compelling videos, someone can look like anything. It can be poorly lit. We see this all the time. But like, if they really are excited and care about what they're talking about, and they are an expert or at least a new expert to the topic, because sometimes making the content itself is what makes you the expert then that's where you end up with really compelling stuff. What I actually see is this trend of when people first start making content, they'll tackle bold topics because they're unafraid and they don't know what they don't know. And then they start making it and they're like, oh boy, there's all these things I don't understand. Like there's all these other platforms and algorithms and oh God, like I don't know what I'm doing. And then eventually when you get really, really, you've done it forever, you realize you just tackle the bold, simple things again. And that's what resonates. And so... I would give the example, you know, who I think is like incredibly compelling, we don't think about that much, is like Twitch streamers and people who are playing a video game and they have tens of thousands of people watching them and they're sitting there yelling into their cameras, whatever game that is they're playing. I think about that a lot as that's happening and that's obviously wildly compelling for the right audience who's also trying to learn how to play the game and they want the social cachet that comes with it and they find it fun and engaging to watch someone do that. If that can happen, 
I promise you, if you can make content that's teaching people about this really niche thing that is a real problem that your customer has, and you talk about it with passion and you explain it really, really well, that will be incredibly compelling content. You know, at the end of the day, when you're thinking about creating content for a B2B brand, it is about understanding what people are looking for in the business context. What can you do? How do you inspire people? How do you educate them on how to do something? How do you help them promote whatever they've done? Right, Those are kind of the classic categories of content. There's all sorts of syndication vehicles, most of them being social. And at the end of the day, your excitement is what matters more than who you are, what you look like, what the video quality, it's how you say it, not necessarily what you look like when you say it. And that's what really makes B2B content more human-centric. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chris Savage, the CEO of Wistia. Join us again tomorrow when Chris and I wrap up our conversation talking about why social's explosion is an opportunity for marketers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is csavage, that's C-S-A-V-A-G-E, or you could visit his company's website, which is wistia.com, W-I-S-T-I-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.